0: Thank you for listening to this message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Or is it just me? How do you feel like that? <laughs> Local, this guy. Good morning. How you guys doing? It's still morning, right? It's uh, yeah. You guys got up early this morning. Did your chores? Did your things, right? Yeah. Actually, it's kind of nice. I like third service. It's I was able to get up and have uh, a little time with my family this morning. My daughter came and laid next to me in bed, and we talked for a little while. She's so smart. So fun. I don't know where she gets it from. Probably her mother. Um, but it's just, uh, life Life can be as hard as we want it to be, I guess. Right? As hard as we make it. Or we can just breathe a little bit, relax, and realize that God is in control and everything's going to be okay. Right? And I like to take that uh, route a little bit better, I think. I don't know about you guys, but Easy is okay, sometimes, right? Sometimes you have to work hard. Sometimes you have to try a little bit harder. You have to grind, as they say. You have to get up and, and put, put your hands to the plow and do what you got to do. But sometimes it's good just to rest. And there's different forms of resting. How many of you guys on your day off think, man, I got 50 things I got to do today? And you get stressed out on your day off. But how many of us just wake up and say, you know what, today is, is a good day to just breathe and let things be. And um, I tend to uh, get into that mindset and stay in that mindset for too long, but, but my wife is there to remind me, you got to get back up and work when it's Monday, right? So, so it's good. We have, I have the Holy Spirit and my wife, and I'm perfect. That's all I need. That's all I need. How many of you guys like, know your, your spouse is kind of like the Holy Spirit sometimes, right? Yeah. You marry the person that's going to challenge you to make you better, right? That's, that's part of it. So uh, before I pray, I want a uh, reminder. Um, this is week two of this series we're doing called We Are One. Now, I want you guys to, um, even if you don't like to do this, I want you to say this together with me, okay? Say, say we are one. Okay, let's do it again. We are one. That means you and I and that person you don't like. That person that gave you a dirty look in in the parking lot this morning, right? That person that cut you off on the freeway and then pulled into the church parking lot, right? That means that person at work that is a believer, but they are not like you, right? We're one. And it's good news most of the time, and sometimes it's something you have to swallow. You have to realize this is... This is life, right? We are one, one love, one body, one mission. And uh, the last series we did, we talked about love because it's the most important thing. And I want to remind you guys of that. Matthew twenty-two thirty-five 35 says this. And one of them, this is a Pharisee, a lawyer, and I've spoken about this a lot, but it's important. Asked him a question, tested him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And all your mind. That means everything. You gotta love God with everything. How, for, for us, for, for some of us, how many do we realize, how many of us realize that this is enough challenge for the rest of our life? If you don't know what to do, do that. Sometimes we get stuck, right? Sometimes we get in a rut, sometimes we get depressed, we get down. So, what do we do? We love, right? So love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and this is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? And that love should be an outpouring of the love that you have for God. Because when you start to love God and hang out with him and get to know him, and what happens is you start to understand what he wants and what he likes and who he loves. And who he loves is that person that gave you a dirty look in the parking lot this morning. And when you see that person and you have the love of God in your heart, you're like, well, they must be going through a hard time versus whatever else would have gone through your mind if you didn't have the love of God in your heart. Right? On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So it's simple, practical love. Last week I talked about Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came upon the church. And one of the uh, main effects of that was that People started hearing God speak through other people in their own language. And so people that were filled with the Holy Spirit started speaking other people's language. It's about language, right? I was thinking about love, and I was thinking about the love languages. That book—it was written a long time ago. I and mean, you guys, if you're married, you've been through this uh, process of learning your love language, right? And, and I like the idea. I think that we sometimes get it a little, um, a little confused, and we think that the love language is about us and not about them. Um, it, for example, if I were to learn my love language and I were to uh, to to really hold on to that, I might come to my wife and say, "You know my love language, so come on, serve me, right? Love me." I don't think that was the idea. I think the idea is for me to learn her love language so that I can know how to love her. So uh, an idea of practical love, okay, and I'm gonna pray in a second, I haven't forgotten. The idea is that we need to learn how to love each other. This is the DIY generation, right? If you wanna learn something, what do you do? You go on YouTube and you watch a video and you learn how to do it, right? So what you do, right? you know, there's no books anymore, you don't read, you watch a video, you watch this 13 year old tell you how to work a computer, right? That's what you do. DIY. And then you say, man, I learned this on my own. You go brag about it. I just learned this. How? A 13-year-old taught me on, from his bedroom. Yeah. We're well, the DIY generation. We know how to learn, but we, how much effort do we put in, in learning how to love each other and learning how to take care of each other and learning how to look out for each other, right? And I know that the love language thing is like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a marriage thing, but it's, it's more than that, right? It's, 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 the, it's, it's all about effort. It's about effort. We're not called just to love our own family and our own home. We're called to love everyone, right? We're called to love each other. We're, we're called to take take care of each other, look out for each other. And that takes effort, man. You ask me how to do it, you just do it, right? You just get in there. Put some effort in it. So the important focus for today, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts in a moment. But I wanted to remind you that the focus is always love first, okay? It's always love first. So if you want to learn uh, your spiritual gifts and you want to learn like, your, what your calling is and who God is calling you to be and where God is calling you to serve, focus first on love, okay? And let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you never give up on us, even when we give up on ourselves. Lord, I pray, God, that you take our hearts, take our minds, and light them up with you Forgive us all of our sins, there's many. Lord, it's not us, you know that. Lord, what's us is when we're, when we're here together with you. Let us be pure in our intentions, let us be quick to hear, help us to listen, help us to obey. I pray, Lord, that um, you bring healing to this church as well, Lord. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, I pray that you bring healing to this church, Lord. And let us focus in the right direction. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, um, so I started this whole uh, series. Um, I should say I shouldn't say I started it. I, I it wasn't even my idea to talk about this. Uh, we have a a meeting of some of the young pastors and some of the young leaders, and um, and they said you should talk about spiritual gifts. And I said, okay, let's let's unpack this. Let's see what it is. And then it turned into this bigger series uh, about one body, about us being together as one. Because as I started studying about spiritual gifts, um, the, one, the first thing I noticed is that you can't talk about spiritual gifts without talking about the fact that we are one body and we are all interconnected. Um, a spiritual gift, I think sometimes we get confused because we grew up Learning about superheroes, we think of the superhero that is the Lone Ranger. They're out doing their thing, and you know they are the hero. They come in. They come in when there's danger. They help, and then they go back and retreat. and And that's not um, what spiritual gifts are about. Spiritual gifts are exercised and and kind of put into effect when we when we look out for each other, when we learn to to take care of each other and, and love each other. And so. Um, I, I have some discoveries that I'm going to share with you guys today uh, about spiritual gifts. And I hope that this, uh, that this teaching opens our eyes. I hope that it uh, frees us. I hope it, that it makes us feel um, more hope and, um, and more excitement about getting involved in the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. You don't have to raise your hand. Um, but I'm going to ask you, do you know what your spiritual gifts are? Do you know, um, you know, is it clear to you what it is? And um, it's funny, I asked this group of young leaders here at the church what their spiritual gifts were. And we went around the table, and there was a little doubt when we were talking about it. Some of the leaders said, you know, I think this is it. This is it for now. This is the season I'm in. And then another leader said, well, here's the list, you know, and this is what the Bible says. And then I asked, is it it an exhaustive list? Are all the spiritual gifts written in the Bible? And we all agreed that they aren't. It's it's, it's kind of interesting. I started studying... um, one of the main passages about spiritual gifts, and there's three, there's three, three passages, uh, and I'm going to focus on one. But there's three passages where Paul talks about the spiritual gifts. One is uh, Ephesians four, one's Romans twelve, and one's 1 Corinthians twelve, and that's what we're going to focus on today. But he kind of he kind of lists these gifts, but it's not like an exhaustive list. There's a there's a there's a bigger meaning. In these teachings, when he talks about spiritual gifts, he's actually talking about something different. He's talking about behavior. He's talking about how we should deal with one another, how we should better love each other. It's not, um, yeah, it's good. It's uh, it's amazing when you start reading the Word, you start really like picking it apart and understand what what, where these people were coming from. Paul um, uh, emphasized spiritual gifts the most in 1 Corinthians 12, which is what we're looking at, and. uh, this was one of the areas that, that Paul lived in. He lived in the uh, area of Corinth. He, he lived with a, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, tent makers, and he made tents. And I've always wondered about that. I thought, did Paul like, get discouraged? He's like, I'm going to quit the ministry thing. I'm going to quit this like going around to churches. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to gonna settle here. And I'm going to make tents. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something different. You think that's what it was? See, I don't think that's what it was. I think he knew he needed to stay there because there were problems in that church. And as I studied this church in Corinth, I found out that this church was kind of a melting pot. There were different people, foreigners. It was, a, it was a, along a travel route, so so many people would travel to Corinth and then end up staying there. And so you had Jews, you had non-Jews, you had uh, different types of, of cultures. You had people that, that that knew nothing about any type of religion. You had a, it was a big melting pot, and because of that, there was a lot of division in the church. You know, people would take sides. They would take, they'd be like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a second service Pastor Ron kind of guy," and they'd be like, "No, I'm a third service Josh kind of guy." You know what I mean? Listen, I'm not going to say this is the best service because uh, that, that would cause division, right? <laughs> but that's silly, right? But it isn't. I mean, what's funny is, is if you think about our church and you think about other churches in town, right? And you think about how different they are. Our first, I think our first thought is to tribe up and say we're better, right? Like, that's our first, that's what we want to say. But that's not right. That's not, they're just a different tribe. They're just, they're just different. I think that one of the reasons there's different um, churches and different types of Christians is because there's different people. There's different types of people, man. And, and uh, if they are growing and learning, then awesome. And if they're in the right place, then great, wonderful. That's good. That is a good, good, good thing. We're not, churches aren't, we're, we don't exist to war with one another. Right? That would be silly. And I think one of the biggest um, attacks that, that the devil himself uh, focuses on is, is division in the church, right? And so you think of other churches, there's division. You think about our own church, and there is division. There really is. I joke about the whole, uh, that whole uh, restraining order thing. And I, last week, I think I said that the table section is the restraining order section. I hope you guys took that to, uh, you know, because you you're far enough away. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> I realize that there's people in here that have hurt other people in here. There is. I realize I've offended people, right? I realize that, that um, some people may not like me and, and, and some people may not like somebody else, another leader in the church, and some people may not like you. I, I don't, whatever. I mean, look, if there's issues, let's talk about it, right? So if you guys have any issues with me, please tell me. I want to know um, so that I can apologize for what I did wrong and I can explain what I, what I did if, it, if I felt like it wasn't wrong, right? Um, life is too short to hold on to grudges. And you know what's funny is sometimes we hold on to this anger and this frustration and we're the only one that cares. The other person, we're not hurting them by holding on to the anger and frustration. We're not, we're not, we're not doing anything to them. They're living their lives. They've moved on. We're sitting there Grumbling. So if you have unforgiveness for somebody, I think it's crucial for me, and and I'm a teacher, okay, I teach the Bible, it's crucial for me to tell you that we have to forgive one another, okay, it's not an option. Um, Jesus himself, when he gave us the Lord's Prayer, at the end, he says that you must forgive, because God can't forgive you if you don't, and that's very heavy, very heavy. It's, I think it's just so important because what, what, it, what Jesus is really saying is that if you don't, can't forgive somebody else, then you really fully don't understand forgiveness. You really fully don't understand what Jesus did for us. Like You really fully don't understand this idea that he lived his life to die on a cross, to take all of your sins, to take everything so that you could be washed, so that you could be clean, right? How many of you guys have been disgusted with yourself before? I'm raising my hand. How many of you guys have been disgusted with yourself this week? God has forgiven us because of what Jesus did. And if we focus on that, how can we hold anybody else's feet to the fire for something they did years ago or weeks weeks ago, even moments ago? How can we do that? We must forgive. We must forgive. And so I want to read through this whole chapter. I'm going to read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians. We can read it together. Yeah. it's. Uh, I don't love reading that much, but uh, I'm learning to get better at it because I have to do it every single night to my daughters, to one of them. One of them likes to sit next to me and, while I read. The other one just likes to come and close the book and yell. Um, but she's two and she's learning. You know, it's funny about my daughters. They're so different and this goes along with that that love language thing, they're so different, and I, and I so have to learn how to love them differently. With one, I can smother her any time of the day, and she's like, yes, this is what I want. The other one, I got to give her space. <laughs> I just do, you know? If I try to smother her too much, she's like, nope, get away from me. And that's okay. When I give her space, that's my, that's my way of loving. So don't push the way that you want to love somebody, right? Don't push that on them. Think about how they want to be loved. That's what love is. Because if you push the way you want to love on someone else, you're being selfish. You're being selfish. That's interesting, huh? Anyway, I'm just kind of preaching a little bit today. But 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Which right there is a huge point. You can be unaware. You can live your whole life as a Christian in church right here with your Bible in your hand, and be unaware that you have gifts, that you have something special, right? It says, you know that when you were pagans, right, before you were saved, you were led astray to the dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is a curse and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I think that Paul is making the point here that you need to understand the importance of of who God is, who Jesus is, and who the Holy Spirit is, um, and that Jesus is Lord. He's the one we're following, right? He's the one that gave us an example. You think about what Jesus did, right? Jesus gave. Jesus looked out for. He taught. He healed. He touched. He spoke. He was there. Um, We live in a world where we're more connected than ever because of our phones. We can reach out to anybody for good or for bad, right? We can say things to them in a text and, and they can take it wrong because they couldn't see our face and our tone or if we were joking or not, right? But how often do we just get to talk to somebody face-to-face? It's different. It's harder to be mad at somebody when you talk to them face-to-face. Now verse 4 says there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Varieties. That word varieties comes from two different Greek words. Dia and Hyrio. Don't know if I pronounced that right. And I don't care. I don't care if I can pronounce the words right because I'm not Greek. Um, Like if you care, like isn't there like a pretentious side to that? Anyway. um, It's like why do I take my time? I'm going to go study really hard to learn how to pronounce Greek because you care. No, you don't care either. Anyway. Personal issue. Um, So dia which means involving separation and hyrio, to take, to grasp, to seize. So, so the idea of variety means to not only recognize that we're different, but to take hold of that and be proud that I'm different than you and you're different than me. And to respect that and not to be jealous, right? Not to look at them and say, they're, they're doing more or... No, look at them and saying they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know? I told someone the other day, I said, I said, at the end of the day, I don't want to be known. I, if people forget about me, that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. What I, in fact, I like hiding, it's better. Um, I'm scared of people, especially when I talk to you one on one. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this, but I don't want to. So if you see that fear in my eyes, it's literally just my insecurity, right? Um, but but the idea, I forgot what I was going to say. What I was going to say. Um, Sorry, I got ADD. I really, truly, honestly do. It's not. It's like bird flies through. Sometimes, one time there was a bird in the sanctuary. That really threw me off. Um, varieties, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still not helping. Anyway, okay. Let's uh, let's just move on. Let's just move on because whatever it was, you either filled in the blank or you didn't, and uh, it is what it is. Look. <laughs> I'm not up here to perform. I'm up here to teach. I think I was talking about how, uh, oh yeah, I remember, I, remember, I remember now. Thank you. I was, talk- <laughs> I was talking about how I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, I don't care if people like, um, remember me, right? That's what it was. What I do care about is that they know that I cared that they were led to God through what I do. Like I, I want to make sure that like everybody that I talk to, everybody that I minister to, that they, that they pass me up, man. I want them to pass me up. And people have. They've come to this church and they keep going, and people are like, "Oh, they left." No, 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 they flew, man. They flew. Yes. This church is like a—it's like a—it's like a, it's like a uh, revolving door, right? You see, people leave all the time. I'm like, okay, if they leave and they are better because of it, and they're here for a couple months or a couple years, thank God, praise God, that's awesome. I love it. If they leave and they're bitter and they're upset, well, I wish they would have stayed because we could have worked through that. You know what I mean? Could have worked through it, but. I hope and pray that people get better. I hope and pray that people fly away. I hope and pray that not away, but to their calling, right? Toward God. Now, I don't want you guys to all leave, but listen, if God is calling you to, get what you need here and move on, man. Some of you guys are stagnant and stuck because you're still here. This is not the message that my dad wants me to preach this morning, right? He's, he's going to walk out and he's back there right now. i got to be careful. But hey, we don't exist here to make a big club. Thank God we got a family here. And thank God that some of you are called to stay, right? But not everyone is. So maybe that's for one or two of you and you're young and you're thinking, man, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to put an idea in your head, but be free. That's the idea. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom, for freedom. Like that's the purpose. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. Right. So here's a few discoveries that I made while studying spiritual gifts. I need to read the rest. Let me read the rest first. I said I was going to read the whole chapter. Let's just do that. Verse 5, it says there are varieties, right, of ministries. Varieties, is a word again, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. Verse 7, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Do you see the point? It's not so that you can be looked at and be special. It's for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, another faith by the same Spirit, another the gifts of healing by one Spirit, another the effecting effecting of, uh, of miracles, the effecting miracles, and to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So what are your spiritual gifts? Well, it's whatever he wills. It's whatever he wills. Does that mean that your spiritual gift could be here for a moment and then not be there the next day? Yeah, it's, sure. It's his will. It's what he wants. Is it? Does that mean you can have a spiritual gift forever and ever and ever and it's never taken away? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. Does it mean you can have five or six spiritual gifts? Sure, yeah, it's whatever he wills. Does it mean that you could just have one and it's a really good one? Maybe it's so good you don't even recognize how good it is. Verse 12, for even as the body is one and yet has many members... And all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Do you see the point here? He's not talking about individual specialties and individual um, uh, skills and sets and things. He's talking about the fact that we're one body, but yet we are many, many different parts. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, or whether we were all made to... And we were all made to drink of one spirit for the body is not one member, but many. I'm going to skip to verse 26. It says that if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Are you happy when you see somebody else's success? I'm glad you are. <laughs> I am. I am. It's my thing. I like that. I like that. Now, you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Then he talks about different roles in the church. Now, you can go back and read this. I, I want you to read this. But here's a couple discoveries. I've got to finish uh, at some point. Um, here's a couple discoveries that I made while studying, okay? The Greek word for uh, gift, first, first thing, is charisma. And it means something given by God, which cannot be earned, um, which I find interesting. Um, It's not earned, it's given, it's a free gift. When it's Christmas time, what happens? Somebody hands you a gift and it's wrapped, right? You didn't earn it, did you? Maybe you think you did by being their friend or family member, right? Right? But 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 really, I mean, what, you guys ever? Uh, I, I always feel bad during Christmas because somebody might hand me a gift and I totally didn't hand, didn't think about buying them a gift because that wasn't like our normal routine for the last few years. But then all of a sudden they just they, they got excited, and they bought me something because they they love me, and I'm like, oh, well, that's awesome, and I feel really bad. And so I like I've come. I, I I sometimes I literally have like a couple of gifts that are just like you know uh, standbys, and so I was like, here, I, I got you this uh, tape recorder from the 1980s. It's amazing, um, you know. <laughs> But when you receive a gift and you're not expecting it, it's humbling. Because you're like, man, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't do anything to deserve, to deserve that. Like, I didn't, I didn't do anything for you, but you did something for me. And it's something really special. The gifts of God are no different. We receive them. But when you receive a, a gift, a present, what do you have to do? You, you, you open it, right? It's like, you don't just toss it aside. You don't just say, thanks, you know, I don't need that, but thanks. You open it up. And you look at it. You you, you you interact with it. And if it's a t-shirt that you don't love, but you know they're coming over next week, you wear it, right? You wear it. Some of us we, we know what our gifts are. We're just not wearing them. So you don't want to know what your gifts are. You don't want to admit it. You know, but you don't want to admit it, right? We've got to wear them. We've got to pull them out of the box. Maybe there's something really special that god has for you that he wants you to use your gift to receive a blessing maybe it's some of you guys have been praying for that relative or been praying for that person for their salvation and god's just saying pick up the gift and use it because that's going to get them to pay attention and notice the second discovery that i found about gifts is um is something I read at the beginning. It's just 1 Corinthians 12, 1, that we can be unaware. I already, I already talked about that, but the fact that we can be unaware is, is interesting to me. It's interesting to me. So, so focus not on your gifts, but focus on God and, and desire it, right? Romans eleven twenty nine 29 um, talks about the gifts being irrevocable. It says the gifts and calling to God are irrevocable, right? It means that when he gives them to you, he doesn't take them away. Right? He doesn't take them away. They might be in, you might use them for a season, but he doesn't, he doesn't pull them away from you. It's not like you can go out and sin and all of a sudden your gifts are all gone. That's not how it works. The fourth thing is, um, is we don't pursue them. Look at, look at 1 Corinthians 14 one. We pursue love. Like I said at the beginning, we pursue love, yet desire spiritual gifts. Okay? We pursue love, but desire the gifts, but you don't, you don't pursue the, the gifts. I, I hate the idea of taking a gift test online. You can do it, but I don't like the idea. You're probably going to do it now because I told you about it, but, but I don't like the idea because it's like, it, it's like, that's not how it works. You want to learn your gifting, start serving out of love. Start serving because you love God. That's the only reason. And if you're serving and you're not doing it because you love God, you're going to get burned out hundred percent because that is not how it works. The fuel is the love, and if you have fuel, you know if you have fuel in your car and you drive it, it goes somewhere. But if you don't, it doesn't. It's like a wow. It's the same way in ministry. The fuel is love, so you need to fuel up before you drive your that car, right? Especially if it's old. It's funny how we've some of us that have been Christians for years and years and years. We do we do find a comfortable place sometimes. We do. And, um, and that's okay for a moment, like I said. Rest, do what you got to do. But sometimes we got to get back up and get uncomfortable again. You're not growing. You're, not, you're stuck. You're not where you need to be because you like being comfortable. I've been doing a lot of things lately that make me feel very uncomfortable. And you know what? It's not that scary. Number five, um, the gifts are only mentioned a couple times in the Bible. A few times, three times by one writer. Um, and the reason I wanted to make that known is because what was, what is mentioned a lot throughout the entire Bible is the effects of the Holy Spirit in our lives, especially the New Testament, especially after the Spirit comes upon the church, after Acts chapter 2. Um, He's the real gift, right? He's the main gift, and through the Spirit, all things are possible. Through God, all things are possible, and so focus on that, on just having the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to guide you and take notes. Okay, what worked today? What didn't, you know? The sixth thing is um, we don't need to overthink it or worry about it. A lot of these these points are kind of the same. (laughs) But instead we should focus on just loving God, like I said at the beginning, with all our heart, soul and mind. Now, as a church, we can get better, right? We can get better. But I was thinking about this this morning. This is so simple, okay? And I think that some, I think some pastors are failing on Sundays because they're afraid to just talk about the most simple things. They feel like they have to impress you with their Greek uh, uh, word pronunciation, right? And they just won't tell you the simple things. Like um, this walk with Jesus actually takes effort. It takes intention. You have to actually put pen to paper, make a plan, try. And if you don't know what to do, still try. It's funny, when we get stuck or we lose hope, the thing that we want to do the most is the very worst thing to do, and that is to do nothing. Some of us, we we get down and we just wanna turn the TV on and eat chips, you know what I mean? Tendencies to be lazy. But if we get up and we we put our shoes on and we work and we think, what can I do today to love God? What can I do today to love my neighbor? You do that every day, you're going to grow. You're going to turn into somebody else. You're going to be different next week, next year. And you're going to be a tougher. You're going to be stronger. And if you mess up, that's just a little wound. My little girl came up to me today and she said, Daddy, there's glass in the kitchen, and I stepped on it. And then she stuck her foot right in my face. And there's a little prick, a little little prick of blood. I said, baby, that's okay, because that part of your foot's gonna heal and it's gonna be tougher than it was. And if we live our lives and we get hurt, and then we receive the healing and the love from God, then we're just gonna get tougher and we're gonna be better. And we're going to be able to handle the next thing with ease. So heal, receive, take a moment to breathe, right? Let's do that. Let's do that right now. Father, we thank you for who you are. And I pray, Lord, you take our hearts, take our minds, take our bodies, Lord. Take everything, God. And I pray, Lord, that the sins would be washed away. Lord, we confess, yes, our sins, but we confess in that our need for you. And we we confess that we are thankful for everything you've done, especially the cross, especially the the love that you you gave us when you laid down your life for us. Lord, if there's anybody here that just needs to just let go and trust you again, to make you Lord and Savior, to give you their lives, I pray, Lord, that you put that on their hearts right now. Right now, God. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you, to pray with me in a moment, and then if you'd like, to come up and get prayer from one of these one of these leaders up here, so that you can admit to them that you need your Lord and Savior, and they can help walk you through what that means. Let's pray this. Father, I pray, Lord, that anybody here that needs you to make you Lord and Savior, I pray that you put it on their hearts right now. And if that's you, I want you just to just agree with me and say, Lord Jesus, Take my life, take my heart, take everything. I make you Lord. I confess that that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, you are the way to God. And I want to not only do better, I want to completely let go and not fight this fight anymore. I pray, Lord, for healing for those who know you. And I pray, Lord, for ultimate healing for those who don't but are going to make that decision right now. Lord, we love you. I pray that you give us courage. And I pray, Lord, that whatever the devil is trying to say to us right now, that we just walk away from that fool. Love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661 325 2251 or visit our website at VBF.org.